Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube show. My name is Aaron, your host, and we're joined by Nate, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Big deal, of course, having Nate in the house because he is batting 99%, but I'm 100%, so <laughs> always good to have Nate in the house because... I, I actually think I'm batting worse than 99% because that would imply that we've done 100 of these and I've missed one. Yeah, I don't I think we've done 100 of these, so we're talking well, hey, like 92% here. We're probably on what, like number... 17 18 20 maybe around there oh so i'm betting even worse <laughs> sam's in the building let's go all right so today we have got an exciting show for you all again and here's our screen share so opening discussion for today is we had a good question uh from someone that we will see in a second here about buying a low grade rookie card versus a high grade second year or later card so the example that we chose was LeBron James 2003 PSA 6 versus LeBron James 2004 Topps Chrome second year PSA 10, both of which recently sold for 3500 around there. So yeah, the LeBron PSA 6 sold for a couple hundred dollars less, but might as well call it even at this point. Uh, Brody Gray Collectibles was the one that asked the question, talking about other goats as well. Um, but we chose LeBron just because his market's super hot and it's really easy to compare. And it's a modern-ish card. We'll also bring up a Jordan example in a bit. But, uh, Nate, do you want to give your thoughts and I'll give mine? I'll let you start today. What do you think on this? Would you rather have that 10 of that second year 2004 or the PSA 6? And after this, we'll show pop report numbers. But you'll answer without knowing it to start. Um, i pretty sure I'd rather have the first-year card of just a low grade, whether that's, you know, LeBron or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Hank Aaron, uh, whoever it might be, um, Michael Jordan. I don't know. I don't, I don't find the second year craze to be that enticing to me. So I'd rather have the rookie, even if it's a PSA three. What about, so I do agree with you, especially, um, like if it was like a 1954 Hank Aaron, I'd way rather have the rookie like a three versus like a, I don't know what it'd be like. Maybe a seven second year would be equivalent to that in value, but uh, I way rather have the rookie with that. But if we're talking about like this specific card, it gets a little tighter for me just because I think if you have a six of a modern card, like from 2003, it's like, that's like way worse than having a low grade, like a three from 50 from 1954 there so like a six is really really trash i guess compared to like um you know obviously an eight nine ten especially for the modern market but i think i would still agree with you and go with the psa six of the lebron 2003 tops chrome just because like it's it's so tough because you know how like i always think about like where does the big money go and where do the new investors go because that's really what helps drive the market is the new money coming in so many people just want tens but at the same time, so many people just want 2003 tops Chrome LeBron. Yeah. So I think it just comes down to like, what's your preference for me? It'd be owning the actual, the 2003. Some people it's the 2004. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so much big money in, in the hobby right now that 2004 tops Chrome LeBron can go up in price. But if that money leaves, you know, what, what is going to be more valuable or hold more value at the end of the day? It's got to be his rookie card. Yeah, I'd, I'd think so as well. Um, especially because here's the other point is that we don't know the exact PSA backlog, but I think, let me show you this next slide. I think we can all assume that there's way more cards out there than only 720 graded 2004 
Topps Chrome card. So if you look at the bottom PSA pop report, that's the 2004, the second year Topps Chrome LeBron. That has 720 total graded, um, a little bit less than 50% graded a PSA 10. If you look at the top row, that is the rookie card, the 2003. And there's, you know, 5,900 plus graded of those. I would assume that if the LeBron 2004 Topps Chrome card was worth as much as the 03, that many would be graded as well or more because it's a year later. Production might have went up. I know that's not exactly like now where you can say like 2018 to 2017 production for sure went up for basketball. Um, back in the day, they like stayed flat or even dipped at some points if they thought that not as many people want to buy the cards. Like I'd probably be uh, fairly certain that 2009 Tops basketball was printed less than 2008 Tops basketball. That was the last year that Tops had the license. And I think that they might have just cut their production a lot with their license running out. But at least right here, I think we can assume that there's a lot more 2004 Topps Chrome LeBrons to be graded in the PSA backlog. And I think that the prices just don't rise as fast because we'll see more supply coming to the market. Hey, I tell you what I am buying. I'm what? buying that pop one on that list right there, that PSA two. Oh, look at that. <laughs> That's a true pop one right there. And it's a rookie. Give me that bad boy. It's kind of funny. Uh, both of these cards, the only pop one is that or the PSA 8.5 of the 2004 car that's a pop one also <laughs> i love wait, wait, what, do you, what do you think sells for more psa 2 rookie card or psa 8.5 2004 i imagine the psa 2 i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I love i love when you go on youtube and you see the guys that it's like a psa 8 of some brand new card and they're like pop one like <laughs> yeah no duh <laughs> <laughs> yep that happens a lot all right and this is just to bring in another player so this is jordan and I want you all to know like that you just cannot compare. Like, you have to always take in the year that the card was printed and like the relevance of that grade at that time. So we could compare a rookie six Fleer of Jordan to a second year 10 Jordan Fleer 80, 1987. But you can't compare that back to LeBron because of how the errors are so different. I was talking about the pop report on the 2004 Topps Chrome. The little under 50% got 10s for the 2004 Topps Chrome. Well, on the right here is the 87 Fleer PSA 10 second year Jordan that sold for 50 grand on February 4th. And the six of the Fleer, obviously like the main rookie, sells for 8,600 as a PSA 6 in auction. There's only 200 tens of that 1987 card out of over 10,000 graded. And that's why the discrepancy is so big. So this is a case where you have to really like know what era you're looking at back in the day. Uh, cards were printed way worse. People weren't sleeving and top loading them as frequently as they were now or in 2003. And so many more cards were left to be damaged and not get 10s. So that card of that 8710 um, is probably equivalent to a PSA. I think PSA 9s are 70K now. So a PSA 8.5 maybe is like the 10 um, for the 87, the 80, 1986 Fleer rookie PSA 8.5 might be like equivalent to that. 8710. So you just gotta know if you're debating between low grade and high grade, you gotta know what area you're in. So you're picking um the right cards to compare. But either way, I th I think I gotta go rookie for most of the time here. But that's not to say there's not value in the second year cards, too. Because clearly there's value. I mean, they've all increased in value, like especially with the amount of money that's coming in. All right, well, that ends our early discussion for the low grade versus high grade rookie cards of guys like LeBron and Jordan, of course, Gretzky and Kobe, you can apply it to other people too, but big announcement here. We are hosting our first ever card show co-hosting with summertime cards in Miami, Florida, 
on Saturday, February 27th. I will be there live in the building. Nate cannot come, but Slapstock Sam might be there. I don't know for sure yet. He might. And that is 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time on February 27th. So if you're in the Florida area or if you don't have a weekend or if you don't have anything going on that weekend and want to take a trip to Miami and then come to the card show, uh, we will be there. I will be live breaking something super special. For, it'll probably take, you know, maybe an hour of the time, but uh, it's going to be really, really cool. It's one of the biggest sets of, I'd say, recent years for sure. So you might want to watch that on YouTube or come and see it in person. Um, are, you but talking, it is are you talking 2018 Top Series 1 baseball? No, that's <gasps> not that set. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that's not one of the biggest sets? That would be like a, what, $100 box or something? <laughs> Terrible. But uh, we would love to see you there if you're in the area or if you want to take a trip out there. Um, it'll be really fun. I know at Courtside Card Show 1 and 2 did really well, and uh, dealers did really, really well. So if you are interested in a table, message Courtside Card Show on Instagram or Summertime Cards. I know they filled up really fast last time, so they might not be available right now. But I'm looking to have a great time there. First event I'll be at since the 2019 National in Chicago. So hope to see you all there. And last week at Slab Stacks Breaks, uh, Nate kind of pulled some heat. Nate, what did you pull? Uh, well, I pulled a couple uh, refractors. You see that from 1996, Top's Finest. Um, I also pulled uh, a... Uh... Dude doesn't even know. A Michael Jordan Showstoppers and a uh, Kobe Bryant Showstoppers. Um. By far the best cards on that screen, right? Yeah. So, but also, uh, last but not least, I did in fact pull this Wander Franco refractor auto, and it was very shocking, very unexpected. <laughs> kind of popped up. Did not even expect an auto. Yes, that was that was crazy. It was uh, really awesome to see. That was one of our definitely our top hits at Slap Sox Breaks. That was on a one box of 2019 Bowman Jumbo too, which was awesome. And we to had see. a gold shimmer of uh, Logan Webb, which, I mean, not. A, a good prospect for the uh, a good pitching, the only bit uh, pirate or Giants pitching prospect, really. But the fact that we got a gold shimmer and then a refractor, Wander Franco, yeah, super cool. And uh, when Nate was referring to his, I opened a 1997 Topps Finest Series two box, and we got a Kobe and a Jordan. But then we also got a gold refractor out of 289, a silver embossed mosaic refractor numbered out of I think 264, and then a silver refractor numbered out of 1094. And the odds of the gold are one in 12 boxes. The silver uh, embossed is one in eight boxes. And then the silver refractor is one in two boxes. And we got the all of one box. So it was nuts. I couldn't believe the odds on that. Nothing. Not, the players weren't too crazy. It's Keith Van Horn, Bobby Jackson, and uh, Foy or whatever that guy's name Dude, was. Keith but, Van Horn's a stud. I, I mean, it's not pulling a Jordan or a Kobe, but it was not bad. I'll tell you that much. It's fun. All right, so this week, actually, the left break already sold out. Uh, it just did, like, right before we went live. So the basketball hoops uh, budget break is sold out. But Nate's opening up 2020 Top Series 1 boxes on Thursday, and we're looking forward to that one Nate's favorite set. So if you don't, do want to get involved, that's the last break left for this week, slabsocks.com slash shop. And then, of course, our Discord link is in the description of this video. Lots of card discussion going on there. would love to have you in that. But let's kick off today's main event of this stream which is the q a and i just want to thank you all for being here in the chat jordan hudson what's up tech what's up jeffrey fogel what's up how's it going elite 305 cards first question of the day is with jordan insert market on fire i'm looking at lbj inserts and base cards 
to buy. There are obvious ones with Jambalaya, EX inserts, serial numbered, etc. There's some under-the-radar cards to look at between 2003 and 2011. Thanks and have a great day. Um, thank you very much for that, by the way. Sneaker Spotlight Collector, I hope you have a great day too. But I am in the mindset that anything uh, that is of the chrome design from 2003 to 2009 tops for LeBron is big. Tops Chrome, Tops Finest, Bowman Chrome, if you want that. I think any of those refractors, the serial number, the inserts, whatever you want to uh, find, I think any of those are huge cards. I think just as like the more modern cards that get value out of sets like Prism and Optic and Select and all these cards, I don't see any reason why the cards from 2003 to 2011, or sorry, to 2009 of LeBron, which are way more scarce, especially the base cards, and the refractors are way more scarce. I don't see why those don't just keep exploding. I mean, they already have went up a lot in value, but I really do think that these sets are amazing um, from any of those years. My personal favorites, um, 2008 Tops Chrome is a crazy set. 2007 Tops Chrome, the LeBron's really cool. I do really like that 2005 Tops Finest on the far right where he's dunking. Um, there's just some really, really cool sets from those time periods. And I think that those cards and PSA grades will continue to do well. And that's my personal opinion on that stuff. And there's other inserts too you can check out from other like Upper Deck sets and Fleer sets. And those are more so where I'd say where the inserts are. I'm more of a fan of the refractors and the finest refractors and X-fractors and stuff like that. All right, here's another good one about some Jordan cards. Hey, uh, hey, first, keep up the great work. Greatly appreciated. Thank you, uh, Cacho. I bought the Michael Jordan 1985 Nike promo PSA 9 for $3,000, expecting it to go up in price, but the market has exploded. And I do not know if I should sell it now or keep it waiting or keep waiting because the price could go up. Maybe as Jordan rookie Fleer, lower pop. I don't know what that's supposed to say. Maybe like as they keep going. Oh, I see. So the pop of the Nike Jordan is way smaller than the Fleer, which is true. What are your thoughts? So on the far left here, you're going to see the sticker PSA 9. Of Jordan from 1986 Fleer that just sold for 33,000. The actual 86 Fleer PSA 9 sells for 69,000. And then on the far right, you have the Nike Jordan PSA 9, PSA 9 which was a promo. Uh, it's kind of like an index card, a little bit bigger than an index card given out by Nike. Um, it that PSA 9 sells for like 10 to 13k now. I will say I do have one. It's one of my favorite cards in my collection. I made it known many times in the past. I'm a huge Nike and Jordan fan, and it just was an obvious card for me to buy. Um, what are my thoughts on keeping it or selling it? It's such a tough call because, like, looking at the other cards, like, there's definitely way more of the 86 Fleer and the 86 Fleer sticker, but they're obviously way more iconic than the 85 Nike promo. I think that anything that's rookie of Jordan at this point just hold. Like, there's so much money coming in from very rich people or very big investment funds or just so many different ways that people are getting involved in the market. The big funds are giving funds to the people who are small in the market that are now big in the market. Like there's just so many ways for people now to keep on buying these uh, all-time legends. Like, yeah, that's an all-time high sale on that Nike promo PSA 9, 13,000. That's huge. I've tracked it pretty closely. Um, and it's went up from like three cases from like December till now. So like it's went up a lot. So like, yes, there's on one side of me, it's like, take your profit. If you want to take that profit, invest it somewhere else because you're confident somewhere else too, then do it. If you think that this is a dynamite card, then hold it. Like there's no point in selling it. I'd say if you don't need the money 
or know of something else you think might be better. That's my thoughts on it. Nate, any other thoughts? I mean, we're talking greatest of all time here, and you're right. I don't think this market's going to go down anytime soon because of how much money people are putting into it. The only way, obviously, it goes down is by people not having money to put into it. So if obviously the economy goes down itself, then the card market will go down. But until that happens, you're going to be watching all-time greats continue to rise in price as you know, every single day, I'm sure there was a new person telling a new person about the card market that they just got into, and that person gets into it, and they tell their buddy, and they get into it. And you think about it, and if everyone had $100, that's still you know, tens of thousands of dollars a day new, and that's not the case. It's thousands, tens of thousands for some of these guys, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, millions for some people too, which is crazy. Yeah. And another Jordan card just sold for like $1.4 in autographed jersey. I think it might have been a PSA 10 from a really early upper deck set. Crazy, crazy. All right, here's a one-off baseball question. <laughs> hey, Nate, what are your thoughts on Kyle Tucker? And some might say, why is there nothing on here? And that would be my fault for not getting anything on there. But Kyle Tucker last year, for those of you that weren't paying attention, hit 268 with a 325 on base and a 512 slugging, which was good for a 126 WRC+. Plus. Um, I and his cards for kicks and giggles, PSA 10, he was top series uh, one out of 19, or 2019. Um, so a couple of years ago, 2019 top series one, PSA 10 is around $60. Um I expect him – I don't think he's going to be like a huge high average guy. Maybe you get up into the 270s, 280s, and uh, if that's the case, you know his his on-base percentage should always be 50, 60 points higher than that. So if he's up to 280, you know, you could expect him to have a 340 batting or on-base percentage. Um, as for, you know, it's going to be slugging that carries him, and I expect him to be a 30-plus home run guy uh, moving forward, um, especially as he gets into his prime. Now, the question is, is a 270, 340, 540 guy that is almost a 900 OPS, is that worth your money? And in today's market, especially with a guy like Jordan Alvarez on his team, the answer is probably not. As exciting as Kyle Tucker is, um, I don't think that that profile right there is exciting enough to warrant an investment, especially if Jordan is there hit having, you know, 900 plus thousand plus OPSs. Gotcha. Nate, here's one for you. Ah, yes. I looked that a card up actually. Nate, where do you see the 1993 tops Jeter PSA 10 at in three to six months? For those of you that don't know, it is currently last one, February 7th, uh, sold on bids for a thousand three hundred and thirty five dollars. And this is the, this is not the like gold variation. This is just the regular uh, base tops. Um, and one sold before that, a couple sold before that. Buy it now is for like $1,700. So let's say the $1,300 is low and it's actually $1,700. Um, again, one of the greats, he's going into the Hall of Fame this summer, right? And so uh, going to be one of those things where you know I think the hype will just keep building and then you'll probably see it dip a little bit. And then it will keep building because he's one of those guys that when you think about the Yankees or you think about baseball from the last 25 years, you're going to uh, 25, what, 28 years now, 1993 to 2021, uh, you're going to be thinking Derek Jeter. And because of that, I expect those prices to 
you know, have a healthy down and up, down and up, but continually rise a little bit. Nice, nice. Joel, hello. Welcome. And yes, hope all is well on your side of the world too. Where are you from? Let us know. And everyone that's international, let us know. I love our inter international folks. Uh, Steven and Dad Reviews. Yes, I do remember you. And uh, thank you for being such a big fan. I appreciate that a lot. And thanks for subscribing as well. All right. You guys are going to the Dallas show in March. What's one thing each of you will be looking to buy? So Nate will not be able to join us in Dallas as well. But I will be there. Uh, and I'm very excited. First time going to the Dallas show. And I heard last one was nuts. If you guys watched Jamil's video from a week ago, uh, that video has been going crazy, by the way. So many people uh, checking in to see what the market's doing after the Dallas show. And um, what is one thing I'll be looking to buy? So I, I am going to be looking to buy like one or two cards there, maybe uh, probably picking up like a collection piece other than like a super cool Jonathan Taylor, which I don't know if I'm going to buy because I kind of got a lot of Jonathan Taylor now. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for like a really rare Kobe or Mbappe card probably, or maybe a Messi. I'm just something cool to add to the collection and uh, just see it grow in value over time. But, you know, maybe like a, a Topps Chrome Kobe or Topps Finest from one of those other years, like 2003 to 2009, like I was talking about with LeBron. Probably looking to pick up a card like that if I see one. Nate, but if you were going, what's something you'd be looking to buy if you were to be buying something? Ooh. Hmm. I guess I never really think about this because I'm like, oh, I'm not going. So I didn't have a I didn't have a card in mind. But I guess if there was like a bucket list item for me to get, um, I wouldn't mind getting like a Barry Sanders rookie one day. Not that I'm a Lions fan, but I love Barry Sanders. Do you know bucket do you list know, item? Do you know if his rookies like do you know about that score, the green one with like the portrait? I know about it, yeah. Okay. I just want to see. I just want to see. Uh or, or maybe maybe I'll go with the uh uh, 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 what was the Packers draft pick right before that? Tony Mandridge. Tony Mandridge. Maybe I'll go top five and get Troy Aikman and Tony Mandridge and Barry Sanders and Deion Sanders and uh, the linebacker that I now can't think of his name. Thomas Davis or whatever. Not Thomas Davis. Uh, Derek Thomas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Nate, this has got to be your dream card, right? Trout, Diamond, or Cognac, if you were to be able to pick it up one day? Hope. Hope, Diamond. <laughs> Nate's going to make a big splash and pick up a Hope, Diamond at Dallas. <laughs> Since I already know the one of one sold, can't yeah. get that one. That's crazy. Oh, Steven and Dad Review is doing an unboxing and getting a Zion Williamson. Nice. What product did you open? Uh, Henry H., what's up? Welcome, welcome. All right, this is one for Nate, too, and I'll just toss in some thoughts. With the amount of trades happening in football with QBs, could this be the time to buy underperforming QBs to look for value during the trade? And the answer is yes. Obviously, this would be a significant gamble, um, so to speak. So if you're you – know, obviously, Deshaun Watson did not underperform. He was amazing. But if you're buying Deshaun Watson with the hopes that he goes to a better team um, that has talent around him so he starts winning – the Texans are really fighting against the idea of trading him. And if he does get traded, he might get traded to a team like the Jets. And is that a better situation? Um, and the other thing is, is that his market is already like doubled just because of the buzz. So that isn't a good look either. Yeah. Uh, guys like uh, Sam Darnold is generating trade buzz um, because teams are trying to pry him away from the Jets because they have the number two pick and they probably know that they're not going to go forward with Sam Darnold. And so they're trying to get him uh, pry him away 
And presumably to have him be the starter because his fifth year option is worth $25 million. So I don't think you trade for him and then don't play him um, and spend all that money. So, you know, there could be an option for Sam Darnold for a young team that needs a quarterback and is maybe a court, you know, can build up a quarterback in a good way. So Sam Darnold could be an option. Um, I also, you know, I don't know if he gets traded and then even maybe as ridiculous as it sounds, Maybe a guy like Kirk Cousins, not a great quarterback, would never put my money into him. But if he goes to the 49ers and does well. Well, maybe, you saw what happened when Jimmy G went to the 49ers. And did I, well. I, I understand, but no, I feel no, like good. Jimmy G's like prices first, had to have been a little bit higher. No, I'm saying those, I was saying you're right. Like those first five games when he won all five, like those things went up a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Jimmy G obviously was younger. Kirk Cousins doesn't have the young, the youth on his side. Um, and so I, I wouldn't expect something big. But I mean, there's always potential when moving from a bad team to a good team. And if, if you're a decent quarterback. And here's the other thing. Like anytime that someone moves from a worse situation, a better situation, there's a potential for value to go up. Like Kelly Oubre. I don't know if you remember. Back when the trade was announced from the Suns to the uh, Warriors, these cards went up like 300%. And all happened was the trade. No, no performance, no nothing. Um, so people like to sometimes buy on what they think can happen, even if it doesn't actually happen. So I'd say like if someone gets traded to a team that's a better situation, you have their cards, maybe I'd unload them because that's a good time just to take some profit. But I will just add in that even more so than like the actual trades happening in football, just like any quarterback that you believe in personally that you really feel like you can buy and make some money on target in the months of March to May and get ready to sell in the months of July to the end of August, maybe into the beginning of September. Um, You should do fairly well. I don't know if it's going to be as much as last year. Last year was kind of crazy, Um, but you should still be able to make some decent money. Like Carson Wentz is another one. Might go to the Bears. Allen Robinson is obviously free agent, but you have uh, you have Darnell Mooney, their fifth round pick, who's really good. You've got Cole Komet, who's really good. You've got David Montgomery, who's really good. If you add Carson Wentz to that, who's you know should be a little bit more competent than Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, interesting. interesting. What about like on the Colts, an even better team? That well, yeah, that would be much more interesting. <laughs> All right. I kind of like this question. It's kind of interesting. Do you guys ever think lower tiered older 2018 before will ev- eventually be a hot commodity due to lower pop than a base prism or optic or select? So I did kind of botch it. I did not look up the pop report for this exact card, but I'd imagine it's like, I don't know, 10 or less. So this is a Kobe Bryant 2018 Panini Threads card. Uh, Panini Threads, sure, you know, people were able to buy it on a budget back then. And, uh, there's, I don't want to, you know, shame a product for people buying because they can afford it. But in terms of a investable card, you're not buying a 2018 Panini Threads card. But this card is a PSA 10 sold for $130, which is kind of like, whoa, like this is a base Threads card, PSA 10, selling for $130. This is definitely a lower tiered card in the basketball landscape. And seeing a buy and now get hit for $130, it kind of tells me that, sure. There is opportunity to grade any card you want from an old set. If it gets a 10 and if it's a top three player from that decade um, or top five, even 
maybe it'll sell for something. Do I think that it will become a hot commodity? No. Um, here's the reason why is that once someone sees this card sell for $130 and they're like, oh, I got that Kobe 2018 Panini threads, they'll send it in too. The pop report then goes from three to 400 because this card was a base card from 2018. But in one year. What? In one year though, because they're yeah. not coming back for 10 months. So yes, you're right. So there might be like a one-year window if you're lucky to sell it, but it, it people will just start to grade these things more as people grade more unless they increase their prices drastically PSA. Um, and then I, I just don't think it can become a hot commodity, but there might be some opportunity there, not one that I would really be excited about because it's kind of like banking on the fact that you get a 10 because if this is a 9, no one even cares at all about this then. And also this is Kobe, which is a, obviously a much different story too. So even if this is a guy like Damian Lillard, this card isn't getting bought at all. But if you have like a 2018 Prism, Damian Lillard, you might have a chance for it to sell for a little bit of coin if it's a PSA 10. Did I ever tell you the most ridiculous thing that ever happened when I worked in the shop? No. Uh, it was a Sunday. Nobody buys threads. Panini threads would sit there forever, just like Panini Mosaic or Prism Mosaic, right? It would just sit there and sit there and sit there. Nobody touched it. I'm sure it would fly off the shelves now, but this was over a year and a half ago, right? So it did not fly over the, off the shelves. Uh, one day somebody came in, was asking a bunch of questions like, ah, I mean – Here's Panini Threads if you want it. It's cheaper than the rest. But And he's like, oh, sure, why not? And there's a bunch of guys in the shop, and he hit something big. I don't know if it was a Kobe Auto or something, but he hit something huge, and I feel like maybe it was a Kobe Auto, but don't quote me on that. And everyone else in the shop is like, oh, he's like, oh, get a box. I'll get a box. And all of a sudden, we sold out of like eight of like the 12 Panini Threads boxes in like 30 minutes. When those 12 third boxes sat there for probably a good four months without being touched. And the funny thing is, is you pull a Kobe auto and what are the, what are the odds that you're going to get a better card out of the rest of the boxes? Nope. <laughs> That's so backwards. It's like, if there's a lot on the shelf, maybe you should buy it. <laughs> All right. Anyone in the chat, let us know what you think. If uh, people should start grading up these uh, base cards from these <laughs> random sets. All right, here's another Hall of Fame talk like Nate was bringing up with the Jeter. So this year, uh, Hall of Fame got pushed back for the inauguration because of COVID. So with the Hall of Fame approaching in May, if you're looking to sell a Duncan, Kobe, or KG, which is just a loaded class, uh, what's the best time to sell right before or after? Just really quick to address the question. If you're looking to sell in the time frame of the Hall of Fame, right before for sure. Absolutely right before. Um, that goes for a lot of different events and people will like buy into the event coming up and then you see it happen and then cards go down just like LeBron winning the finals, Mahomes winning the Super Bowl last year. Um, you're gonna see the Super Bowl. Do we know what Tom Brady cards are doing today? Uh, yes, all time highs for Contenders Auto and uh, probably soon to be an all time high for Bowman Chrome PSA 10. But I think it's a little different because we're in the midst of like a super hot market right now, hotter than ever. And Brady, like that seventh Super Bowl. It's not like Mahomes going from like zero to one or zero to two. It's like that was just a huge. Well, now, now he has more Super Bowls than any team. Exactly. Like that was just like the absolute like moment where it's like you better buy now. Otherwise, you're done, you know. So in, but for like an event like this, definitely sell before. But that's not to say that you should sell at all. If you believe in the 90s basketball market and what's going forward for guys like Kobe and Duncan and KG, too, if you believe in that. 
maybe you should hold, but just wanted to show here, like, another thing is if you bought Duncan, you probably are making a ton of money on him because as soon as January 25th, a PSA 10 sold for 2000 uh, yesterday, one sold for 4200 So over double in the span of two weeks. So if you want to take some profit, um, you might want to look into that right around inauguration and um, yeah, have yourself a beer on yourself, I'd say. <laughs> Or, or you hold because you love the card and you think that the future value is going to be high. Hey, I just want to point out something real quick. Sure. Is that you have said multiple times now, if you believe in it. And I think that's a good thing to remind people that, you know, we talk about a lot of cards and people ask us for a lot of suggestions. And if we give you a suggestion and you don't believe in it, it's likely you'll sell too soon or sell quickly or, or you'll be upset if it doesn't work out. If it doesn't work out. Um, but if you really believe in a guy and that guy could be Jared Goff moving from the Rams to the Lions, but if you really believe in him, then spend your money on it because then you won't be upset if it goes wrong because you believed in it. Whereas a lot of people are just like, ah, you know, I don't know what to think. So I'm just going to ask somebody else and then you don't believe in it and then you're upset. So really have some conviction on to what you're going to be investing your money in, which is why like me, I'll watch Aaron for you know, put money into soccer, but I didn't like soccer. I knew I'd probably make money on soccer if I put my money into it, but I didn't believe in it. So I didn't invest in it. Uh, likewise, you know, Aaron put, he, he was like, Hey, I just bought this Nike promo of Michael Jordan. I was like, that's a sweet card. Maybe I should do that. But again, not having the knowledge Aaron had, I didn't really believe in it. So I didn't do it. I would have been happy with it if I did, but I'm comfortable with it because I didn't believe in it. If I had believed in it and didn't do it, that'd be one thing. If I did believe in something and then lost a ton of money on it, whole nother thing. Here's the other thing is that you're much more likely to make like a, a rash decision based off of like listening to someone else. Like Nate says, yo, 2020 series one is my favorite set. And those boxes go from 150 to 130 just because uh, maybe Kyle Lewis gets hurt for half a year or something. Uh, you're much more likely to sell that then because you're like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't believe it. So I just want to get rid of it. And maybe he comes back. Maybe the box goes up to 250. Then, then you're like, oh, I made a mistake. Uh, if you, if you just, you know, do what, what you think is best. Most of the time it leads to in the long run success. And if it doesn't lead to success immediately, it most likely le leads to a learning experience, which I would say is deaf. And I, I know you all probably like, don't want to hear that. Like, Oh, learning experiences are valuable, but they a hundred percent are. I mean, been collecting cards for 12 years. There's no way I get here without making a million mistakes along the way. There's just no, there's no chance. So you definitely have to go. I mean, Aaron, that. Aaron used to buy football. That's it. Yeah. When he I'll started. What? And, now from, and he made no, he made literally no money. He probably lost hand over fist. Well, that, I mean, I literally back in the day when I first started, guys, I was buying like five star DeMarco Murray patch rookie card, one of ones and Eli Manning Supreme Jersey autos. That's how different the market was. You just buy something that you think is cool. And yep. now, you know, there's so much to learn along the way. You know, and I started getting the tops Chrome. Then I was like, oh, Bowman Chrome prospects. There's money there. Do it with Nate. Made some money there. Learn. Oh, there's so much else to cover. And, you know, kind of found a way again to every single market at some point or the other. So just so many different ways you guys should learn and uh, keep learning. And also, it's a great point that Nate brought up because I got a DM uh, today, actually, from someone on Instagram. I don't know who they are. The name you know, doesn't come to me. I wouldn't share it probably anyways. But uh, ask about, like, after the Super Bowl, hey, I think that buying 2019 Prism, Tom Brady, Buccaneers, sorry, tw 2020 Prism, 
Tom Brady Buccaneers rookie card, you know, r- rookie card, Buccaneers rookie card. Uh, Red Ice is a great play because of the, the color and his first Buccaneers card and this and that. It's like, uh, you know, I am like, what do you think or something? Or like, he just kind of like gave his, gave his thoughts on it. And I was just kind of like, oh, like, you know, if you grade him and you believe, or if you want to grade them and you believe in it, you know, why not? And then he's like, well, what do you think? I'm like, and then I just said in parentheses, like, if you believe in it, smiley face. Just because I want people to, you know, make up that decision and go with their gut because that's how you're going to actually succeed. And that's how you're going to learn. Exactly. Uh, I will I will say this, though. I'm just going to point this out real quick. Oscar, Gronk did really good yesterday. Might invest in him and Edwards from the Chiefs. If somebody did really well, this is just a, this is just me talking. You know, you don't have to follow it. But if you've got a guy who's not a premium quarterback um, in football or, you know, in basketball, if it's a, a, a backup center or something, um, and this guy pops off, and I know Gronk's been around for a while, so he's not didn't technically pop off, but he hadn't had a great season and then had a good Super Bowl. Um, that guy's card market is probably the highest it's going to be for a while now, especially Gronk. I imagine those prices are going to drop right back down to where they were. So if you buy now, you're probably going to be buying high. So I would put my money somewhere else. Also, woof, Gabriel. <laughs> I invest in Stidham. Let that sink in for a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Hey, I doubt Cam's going to be the quarterback there next year, so maybe they give Stidham a chance. <laughs> maybe. I bet you that people start buying him if he uh, leaves Cam. Uh, there's something else I want to put up here really quick. Here we go. Uh, Dwayne, I didn't see you ask a question today, so I'll put this one on the screen. Uh, Aaron picked up a 2008 Topps Chrome LeBron Kobe or Kobe slash LeBron card after watching your break last week, which was super fun. Didn't hit the card, but very fun. Love that card, as do I. I love that card too. I do have a refractor PSA 10 that I was fortunate to buy over a year ago. Um, could the 91 UD Magic and MJ card be iconic as well? If enough people start talking about it, anything can become iconic, I guess. But uh, in my mind, just me sitting here. No, uh, there's so much that goes into, I feel like that Kobe and LeBron with Kobe's passing and that 2008 tops Chrome set being pretty limited. And uh, it just, it, that card just feels iconic. I wouldn't say like a random 91 upper deck card would really feels iconic. I guess it's not, it might not be random if it has magic and MJ on it, but the, the, the tops Chrome Le- Kobe LeBron just seems like a, an absolute killer. And I think that like trying to chase other ones, like maybe you can grade him and do well, but in terms of like, you know, being really up there with, with that card, I, I don't see it, but also that's just me talking. Um, you might be right as well. And I might be wrong. All right. Wait, did we, we didn't actually answer oh, that question. No, we didn't. <laughs> When submitting a PSA, are they more strict on corners and edges, or what should I focus on more when submitting a PSA? I believe BGS is more strict on centering and surface. Um, personally, from just my years of experience and from others, too, talking about it, I would say, yes, BGS is more strict on centering. Um, I'd say PSA is probably less strict on centering, but that's starting to change a bit. I always think that uh, PSA is refining their grading process and it's getting harder constantly. I think that we're a lot of us are noticing that, but definitely PSA is more strict on corners. If you looked at BGS, I mean, you can get nine fives with some pretty white corners on the back. PSA, it's like you got one nick, might get a ten, but two in you're for sure not getting a ten. 
Um, and then also I think PSA is pretty strict on the, uh, the surface of the card too. You get a dimple on there and you're not getting a 10 for sure. I'd say, but that's just me speaking. I mean, there's other people who have debunked different things with grading and it's, it's all subjective at the very end of the day, you know, like, yes, there's definitely guidelines to get as close to tens as nine as possible when they're grading, but you know, it gets lines get blurred here and there. So it's very hard to give a, a solid answer on that. Really, Dwayne, that's pretty cool to hear. A card show is popping in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Looks is like shows one, other than the big ones are going one on. By the, uh, at the Salvation Army? Dwayne? I've never been to Oak Creek one or even actually heard of one. So, Dwayne, let me know if it's at the, like, the Salvation Army by the Target there. I feel like that's a thing. I could be wrong. <laughs> All right. Um, now we're moving on. Nate, you can take this one since I know you love the, the Jeff and jerseys. Ah, yes, it is. It is the Salvation Army. I wasn't wrong. Woo. Uh, <laughs> Jeff in a LaShawn McCoy jersey, he did. He did, in fact, uh, get to a Super Bowl with the Chiefs yesterday, right? Did not mm-hmm. win it. But uh, it's hard to win when both your offensive tackles are out and your quarterback has literally no time. So, uh, hope you had a good weekend. Enjoyed the Super Bowl. He might be the only person in the world that enjoyed that Super Bowl because, woo. That was not enjoyable for not for but Buccaneers fans enjoyed it. Everyone else, pretty much a dud. Trash I've game. The PSA, BGS, and SGC since August. SGC has been the fastest by far as the only submission that has come back. I think they have big potential to be a clear number two behind PSA. I think BGS is on the decline. Aaron, I think you'll agree. My question is: Will BGS graded cards from the era when they were regarded as close number two to PSA hold their value, or should we stay clear of them? Um. My thoughts are PSA or bust, honestly. Um, I am in the thought that BGS as a company is on the decline, not necessarily their cards, but I mean, they just raised their prices again and they're taking forever to get cards back to people like for, for, forever. So, yes, I do think BGS is dropping the ball as a company, but SGC is dropping the ball really badly too. Um, I've heard of horror stories with them and customer service and getting cards graded, uh, wait times like being super 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 backed up um which yes psa is too but psa is also going to return you so much more value which is why it doesn't matter as much um if you're sgc you can't be having those problems if you're returning very little value on your slabs i also saw a videotape of someone cracking an sgc slab with their fingers today so yeah i saw that too (laughs) fingernails yeah exactly so that's not that's no bueno at all um I, I also think that their labels are pretty chintzy. I don't think that I, people might say PSAs are too, but I actually personally really like them. I think they're really clean. I think SGCs are too busy or not, not too busy, just too odd. And the other thing is I do, I actually do have a couple SGC slabs because at the 2019 national, I wanted to test and see what does SGC do? How do they grade? What are the slabs like? So I sent in a few cards. I got them back. Those labels in those slabs shift around everywhere. There's, there's, it's not seal pressed enough together to where the label doesn't shift around. Um, and you'll see the label go from left to right outside of the actual label window. I am not a fan in the slightest. I'm sorry, Jeff in New Jersey, if I uh, or Lashawn McCoy Jersey, if I if I didn't give you the answer that you're looking for. But m- me personally, I'd steer clear of SGC. I would swallow. Um, you know, the tough pill of having to wait forever with PSA, and I do it. An Nate's example, showing you, Nate's showing you a garbage card right now, but Nate, take hey, that's thanks, Steve McKay. Luke, how dare you? Hey, Nate, take the card and tap it a bit on the right side. 
or left side, whatever you want. Like take the card in your hand and tap on your hand. Okay, whatever. It's not, not down. It's got to be side to side. T- hold it horizontally. Or is- oh my gosh, I should just grab one of mine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to destroy this. This is the best card I own in my entire possession. You keep you keep the Maritain. I'll be right back. All right, everyone. You see that? You see this bad boy? Number to forty-two. That's right. Pulled that out of a seventy-dollar uh, Prism retail box that now goes for three thousand dollars. Wish I hadn't opened it and just kept the box, but uh, got this FEMA Kyluk instead. And Kansas is my favorite program in college, so and Sfee's a Kansas boy, so I love it. But was it worth the seventy dollars, especially when that seventy dollars could be three thousand dollars today? Probably not. Well, that's okay. Uh, I don't know what Aaron has for SGC graded cards. Hopefully, it's something uh, interesting and not kind of trash. Oh, what about HGA? That's that new. Uh, and I'll I'll click on it. Show you guys. What about HGA? So that is that new grading service that uses uh, computers to grade their stuff. Um, I just read about it the other day, but it's pretty expensive. Uh, it's like $20 for a uh, 60-day or whatever, um, which is a decently more expensive than PSA. And it goes up from there, um, $27 for like a 45-day or something like that. So uh, it's pretty pretty expensive, but I haven't read up enough on it to know anything else. Um, ah, there he is. All right, I'm back. Ooh! You were trying to get me to knock out my logo? You punk. Saying, it shifts around left to right. Look at Nats on the other side. Wait, what do we got there? What is that card? He played hockey like 10 minutes away from me in high school. Ah. Casey Milstead. I mean, yeah, you can tap it back into place, but it's kind of annoying, <laughs> I'd say. All right. I'm back. Sorry for being gone. You're forgiven. <laughs> oh well that's 17 of 17 uh we will take questions for you know around 10 minutes if anyone wants to ask a question on a on a uh, uh on cards but uh vincent has a question thoughts on cgc getting into the card game so they did jump into the card game most recently with uh pokemon cards to start i want to say and now they have progressed into i think it's called csg for sports cards owned by the same company uh done by the same company but they switched the name for the sports cards and i've seen their slabs i think that they're starting in february the top is like huge i don't know if you've seen that nate but the top is absolutely huge on maybe i can actually find it here i've seen i feel like they have the subgrades right I just want to show it here. I'm going to share my screen quick. Okay. I'll adjust the tab that's being shared. Ooh, when you go out like this, you can see the side table I have chilling back here. Yeesh. Whoops. Sloppy background. Can you see it? Yep. All right, so there's the CSG slab done by CGC. I'm not I'm not a fan. Do you see You're how right. thick that top is? That is gigantic. That's like half the card size. I know. I don't like it. But that's just me. And uh, I find it difficult to see 
multiple grading companies coming to the market at one time and actually try to capture a large market space. I feel like it just creates like too much competition for something that needs like so much attention that it just isn't going to work out. Um, I think, I think your biggest problem is that it probably takes your eyes away from the actual card. Yeah. Like if you own that card, a PSA label is nice because it's sleek, it's small, it tells you what you need to, but your eyes aren't tra- or gravitating towards it. When I'm looking at this Michael Jordan, my eyes definitely gravitate gravitate towards the the uh, uh, label first. Exactly, and that's why. Moving on to the next one here from Kaboom or Galactic. I just actually got this in the mail. This is the first card I've bought in quite some time. The eyes are not taken away from this the PSA. Uh, label this is a kaboom mbappe from 2018 i I love it um i like kabooms a ton i also love galactics though so it's tough because galactics super super rare uh kabooms is are not as rare or at least the old ones might be but not the newer ones Thoughts on the explosion of 1981 Tops Magic and Bird first solo cards? Do they become iconic long term? Feel like they should. Great pictures on both. I think that they are probably their uh, most desired cards outside of that triple rookie. Um, well, really, dual rookie, and then Dr. J's on it too. So I would say, yeah, definitely iconic for the two of them. Um, for people that want to get um, cards of just Magic or just Bird, for sure. Thoughts on HGA grading? Oh. I got. I got to know. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, let's hear it. I got to know. Thoughts on HGA grading with the color coordinated labels? So that just Nate was. I heard Nate talking about it. They're doing AI grading with it. Um, first off, I don't really like the labels because I think they're pretty busy. Maybe I can uh, pull it up here, but um, the other thing about them is that I think their prices are far too high. Um, starting out as a grading company, I think you gotta. Be willing to. Here we go. I think you gotta be willing to swallow the pill and take lower profit margin to get going than to try to charge thirty dollars for a thirty day submission. That is so high for a car for a company that's just coming up. Um, there you see it on the far right of the screen. I don't know if I can zoom in on this. Can you, is that getting zoomed in, Nate? Yep. Okay. So it's right here on the right side. That is the Zion. HGA label. I'm not a huge fan. Um, and also I think that they're charging too much. And I don't think that they're gonna capture much. Cause I think here's the thing. Uh it's not gonna be very long until PSA invest. They probably already are investing a ton of money and get this like perfect process for AI grading. And you'll see every other company that try to do it, just not do it. You know, they're not they're not gonna be PSA on it, no matter if they're here right now or if they're here in um, you know, two years PSA, I feel like they're just going to dominate that space no matter what. And I like this. Quentin, PSA or BGS should open another office in Europe. They for sure should. You open an office in Europe and you wait to see what happens to the demand for sports cards as people realize that they can make money by grading easily in Europe. That is, that would be so huge. They should also open up an office in like Japan. They should open an office in anywhere there's card demand. Yep. Australia, literally Australia, anywhere. China. And yeah. I bet you I bet you that they're going to do that once Nat Turner 
starts getting involved because I think that sale is supposed to be going through very soon um, or day like go through and they're working on a transition right now. Um, you'll start to see that happen. I think it's going to do very, very well. I wish <laughs> zero a big old zero. I wish it was like a hundred, but it is zero. <laughs> it's absolutely zero. Yeah. I don't, I don't own a single time Brady card. <laughs> That's what uh, happens when you dislike a guy for years and years and years because he's good. You don't. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't even. It it was never on my radar, even for my collection. Like you know, I've I've got some Kobe, I've got some Jordan, I've got, um, actually no more LeBron, but, or I got Giannis too. Like Tom Brady never even landed on my radar. So no matter what, like I know that obviously it probably was and it still is a fantastic buy. Just got a 1977 Tops Luke Skywalker PSA 9. Do you guys see Star Wars prices rising since markets like Marvel are jumping prices? Well, I think it already has jumped a lot. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Luke Skywalker number one PSA 9 jumped a ton. So, yeah, I think there's massive legs. I This is what I think. I think there's massive legs for anything that people really enjoy. And once they find out that there's money in their collectible market for that specific subset or card, it will all... Uh, gain demand. What are you looking up, Nate? Um, the Star Wars release calendar. No, oh. you talk about talk about exciting. We got Rogue Squadron, December twenty second, two thousand three. Untitled uh, Star Wars movie. TBA. Actually, this was not a good. This was not a good uh, trash. I'll talk about this. Well, okay. Uh, we got Mandalorian season three, December, 2021 book of Boba Fett, Christmas, 2021, uh, the bad batch, 2021 visions, 2021, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show, 2022 and or 2022, uh, the accolade, Ahsoka, uh, spinoff, all these types of things, just TV shows, let alone all of the movies that are going to come out and they're going to come out with another trilogy, uh, soon here. And so you are going to be seeing just so much Star Wars um, because Disney is going to pump it so much and everyone's going to own Disney Plus and everyone's going to see every Disney uh, thing that comes out if they like Disney or maybe they're forced into it, uh, even if they don't or not Disney, if they like Star Wars and maybe they're forced into it, even if they don't. And then uh, you are going to watch probably Star Wars cards boom because it's going to be on everyone's consciousness. All right, GV Sports Cards, buy, sell, hold, Phil Foden. Since we haven't seen any question, soccer questions here for a few weeks, we'll do like two more questions after this. Um, I'm in the mindset that any prospect that you believe in and think is awesome in soccer should be bought because I really do think the best is yet to come. Um, a year and a half, I think, is a really great. Um, it's going to be a really great year and a half, I think, for soccer cards. Oscar, I've seen this question asked a few times. Um, we don't, you know, this kind of goes with like buy what you believe in that we talked about earlier. Uh, we probably won't point you to, you know, cards under $200 you might want to look into, but I would say uh, follow our newsletter, slabstocks.com on the homepage. You can put in and you can just see like the types of sets, the types of card types um, that maybe you should be looking into and then doing more research on for yourself and trying to find some cards to buy. Top Trump Sapphire Soccer Break will be listed on Wednesday for next week. And then maybe one more question here after yeah. slide back, Sam. Uh, I'm watching The Clone Wars with my boys. It's awesome. Can confirm, I watch it with myself, and it's still awesome. So, <laughs> great show. Uh, ooh, Last one. It's addressed to me. Nate, what do you think of sticker autos versus on-card auto? I wouldn't invest in any sticker auto. So, I have a sticker auto here. Prism, always sticker auto, right? 
I mean, yeah, preferably on card would be the way to go, but if you can't afford it, there's nothing wrong with a sticker auto, right? Well, here's the other thing. You can't also choose if it's a sticker auto for a set like Prism. Prism or yeah, they only have sticker. Yeah, and I, I mean, if you sat there and said, I'm not buying Prism rookie autos because it has a sticker auto, you would have missed out on lots of demand and money. Hey, interesting thing I saw today. What? So, Contenders football is all sticker autos. No. On card okay. of the good players. Okay. Because I was like, I, I saw a lot of sticker autos, but then like Joe Burrow, uh, I saw a Contenders auto came back at him. Somebody somebody already got a uh, a uh, redemption redeemed, and it was on card. So the, the, Yeah, so on card autos come off hobby of like the 30-some uh, rookie premier players that they chose. And then sticker autos also come in those players, but they're in retail only. So when you're opening retail contenders, if you're lucky enough to hit a Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert, you're getting a sticker auto, which is why so much value is in the hobby for that release. Uh, Oscar, slabsocks.com. Scroll down the page a little bit and then put your email into that uh, little email box, and that's the one you want to sign up for. But with that being said, we are done for today because it's 6 o'clock and uh, the bathroom's calling my name. So <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, though, for watching. Um, it was another great show, I want to say. I, I really do like getting into some of these debated topics on Mondays because this is a good opportunity for us to connect with you and uh, hear what your guys' thoughts are and get your thoughts mixed in with our thoughts. And plenty of thoughts are coming out versus just uh, Nate or eyes. So I do really appreciate that. And, uh, Nate, thanks for joining me again today. My pleasure. Uh, when is the next video? So there's many next videos. So Tuesday, Thursday, sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are all breaks, slab stocks breaks, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the YouTube show. So right here, right where you're watching this, you get to see all those. Tomorrow is Sam Dunks basketball for our recorded videos. Wednesday is Mealy Stocks. Thursday is Dinging Corners. And then Sunday is Slab Stocks FC. So plenty of videos this week to watch and to come and uh, talk with us on. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for watching 6 p.m. Eastern Time Monday next week. If you want to ask a question for next week, the description of this video has the form link to submit your question. But for now, that was it, and we will see you all next week.